Let's go right to the phone lines and welcome a special guest, the head football coach at the University of Tennessee, Jeremy Pruitt. Jeremy, we appreciate you joining us, man. I guess we all need to strap in for a football season that's going to be unlike any we've ever seen before, shouldn't we? Yeah, I would, I, I would say so. Let me ask you this. You, uh, you said last week you felt a little bit better about getting some of your guys back on the field practice and loosened up. How do you feel along those lines now as you guys get ready this week as you go into game week and get ready for South Carolina? Well, we had a lot of guys that got back this past week. We still got several guys that are out. So, you know, we just got to get as many live reps as we can with the guys that's missed and uh, get ready to play. I mean, there's really nothing else you can do. So we got to we gotta get these guys where they can secure the football that's used to handling the ball that's not got uh, binged around a little bit. And we, we've got to work hard on that and create situations to where they – uh, do secure the ball and defensively, uh, you know, we got to keep it where the guys can uh, execute. Coach Brooke, this is Austin. So you, you're going up against Will Muschamp this week. Obviously, you're familiar with him, his new offensive coordinator, Mike Bobo. You've got some familiarity with him as well on your staff. Um, talk about what Coach Bobo does well as an offensive coordinator and, and how much, I mean, is he one guy that, you know, you can kind of watch at the end of last season or are you having to watch several seasons to kind of get a feel for what all he that he does? You know, I don't think a lot of people know this, but uh, Robert Muschamp is uh, Will's nephew. He worked for us, worked for us last year and uh, again this year. And I'm sitting here in my office looking. I see him out there on the balcony talking. I'm going to see who he's talking to. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but those, those guys uh, offensively with Mike, I'm, we're, we're very familiar with each other. We obviously worked uh, a year together and, and been around each other and had guys on our staff that's worked for him and worked with him. So there's a lot of familiarity there. Uh, they do a fantastic job, always have. And that, that, it'll be a tremendous challenge for us. What what do you know about the quarterback Colin Hill that will be their starter this week, and what what does he do well, and what does he present problem wise? Well, you know, Colin um, Mike was recruiting him for a long time uh, when we were at Georgia. Colin would come over with his high school team and do seven on seven. So I've seen him since he was a since he was in high school. So he's a guy that understands his offense. He can make all the throws. Uh, Mike puts a lot of pressure on his quarterbacks, getting them in and out of bad plays, and uh, which is important. Uh, and so he'll have familiarity there, and, uh, and and I'm sure it'll it'll help him. Jeremy, it's Chris. You guys got the uh, word from the NCAA this past week that Cade Mays had received his waiver. Still waiting to hear from the SEC. What do you expect along those lines? There's precedent when you look around the league, just recently where guys have gone from one school to the next in the league and been eligible. Do you see any reason why that shouldn't be the case with Kate? No, I mean, I'm I'm kind of curious. I was going to wait. I haven't heard anything from the SEC. Coach Fulmer actually talked to uh, Greg. and But I was going to follow up this evening. It's, I mean, it's kind of time to make a decision on what we're going to do here. So, um I don't know if they're going to do it case by case. They're going to just wholesale say everybody's eligible. But it would be a shame uh, not to let these guys play football. You can see all over the country how the Big Ten's now playing. And, you know, it's just 
every every week you you don't know what's going to happen. There may be got teams have to cancel games because they don't have enough players. So why would we not let guys who want to play play? Jeremy, you were saying a minute ago talking about trying to get guys back ready. You know, securing the football, just playing football. You know, the contact, the physical part of it. How much of a an adjustment has it been on the practice field when you haven't had as many guys together as you would normally? Just being good and developing the physical parts of the game, the blocking and tackling, the contact things that you need to be good at in this sport. Well, we had about eight to ten practices that we barely had enough to practice. So um, we had to be creative. We had to be smart. Uh, about not doing too much. But unfortunately for a lot of these guys, there might have been a position where it hadn't been hit by contact tracing, and so a guy might not have got a lot of reps. You know, so it's been frustrating for the players, been frustrating for the coaches, but I'm sure it's happening everywhere. We just got to find a way to adjust and keep moving forward. Coach, it's Austin again. You have uh, expressed a, uh, I guess, uh, a desire to see more out of your offensive line in fall camp. H- how have they done the last week or so? And is, do you think part of that's in the, you know, could it be possibly that the offensive line is just that much further ahead and that deeper unit than the defensive line? What What do you attribute it to? Well, I really don't know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, just you, you had mentioned that you were not, you were not you, pleased you, with the you, overall have defensive you been watching line. This practice? Oh, well, <laughs> maybe. That ain't maybe. got nothing to do with the offense. That ain't got nothing to do with the offensive line. That's got to do with the defensive line. Uh, just playing technique, being aggressive, playing low, playing hard, being physical, striking blockers, just all the little things it takes to be successful up front. Jeremy, it's Chris. So when you, when you look at your leadership across the board and, and, I would think more than ever this year, guys policing each other and making sure guys are taking care of their business and, and doing the best you can to create your own bubble. How have you seen that leadership grow, you know, among you know, inside and within your football team? Well, it, it, it it's kind of unusual. There's lots of times we can figure out where somebody possibly came in contact tracing or they where they where they got COVID, but Sometimes you can't. So, um, I mean, it, it, it's there's lots unknown. So, you know, we've had a few guys that's that's developed COVID, and and they don't they have no idea where they got it. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting. Jeremy, you, we've both been around the SEC a long time, and and when I look at a 10-game schedule, a 10-game league-only schedule, and probably none of us, when I say none of us, those in the media and fans have given enough credence to the kind of wear and tear and the grind that that's going to be for everybody. When you look at that, and again, someone who's coached at several different places in the league, put that in perspective, what that's going to be like playing an SEC opponent every single week or every single game for 10 games. Well, I've never had the privilege of coaching in the NFL, but I would think that it would be similar. Um, you know, you look at those guys when it comes to playoff time, sometimes a team that goes 9-7 and seven makes the playoffs. Right. So um, it's very competitive in our league from top to bottom. Uh, anybody can beat anybody on any given week. So uh, you got to be prepared every week. 
Coach, could you just talk about Jared Garantano and, and you know what he's done well in fall camp and maybe what, what strides he still has to make as a quarterback? Well, he's got to do it on game day, right? So Jared has done a lot of really good things over the last two years since we've been here. We're really focused on consistency. It's going to help having the same offensive coordinator for the second year. So uh, hopefully it'll show up on Saturday. Well, Jeremy, we appreciate you spending some time with us. I don't know about you, but therapeutic for me just to have some football, have some college football, and now here we get the SEC kicking it off. As you point toward you and your your staff and your players, how relieved and, and just happy are you that it, with everything that we've all gone through, the pandemic and the, and the hoops and all the precautions that you guys and everybody have had to take to get to this point, that we actually have some real football? Well, uh, I'm happy for the kids. Uh, that first and foremost, they put a lot of time and effort into it, and um, I, I feel like some of the rules that have been changed, uh, giving the guys an extra year of eligibility, having walkthroughs, it's at least give them a, a fighting chance to be able to to be at their best. So, um, we'll we'll continue to to work hard every day and, and take it one day at a time. But, I, but, but I'm excited for our players to get a chance to compete. Jeremy, thanks, man. Look forward to catching up with you soon. Good luck Saturday night in Columbia, and we'll catch up down the road. Okay. See you, Chris. See you. Awesome. Okay. See you. That's head football coach Jeremy Pruitt joining us tonight on The Nation.